and Louisville has come back from behind. They will go to the Final Four. Outside of my six children being born, this is the happiest day of my life. But I will say this to you, the game ball goes to this group back here. To our fans, yes! It's time to go inside the press box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Now, here's your host, Nick Coffey. Welcome inside the press box here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. I'm Nick Coffey, the creator and publisher of thecardinalconnect.com. Joining you here on a Wednesday afternoon. It is the eve of 4th of July, and I'm sure most of you folks are probably going to go ahead and start celebrating um, tonight. At least that's what I'm going to do. But thank you for joining me today. Um, Got a big show lined up today. Plenty of things we can run down. The news about Charlie Strong sending uh, a firm warning letter to football agents. It, It just surfaced right before we came on air yesterday, and we spent some time talking about that and have a little more information on that entire situation right now, so I do want to get to that shortly. Also, Rick Bettino, uh, he revealed, uh, I don't know if he revealed it recently, but I found out today, uh, who he's going to have introduce him at the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in September. We'll tell you about that as well. Um, and then Montrez Harrell and Luke Hancock, they continue to represent well for the University of Louisville as they're both playing for Team USA. Montrez Harrell actually just got finished with one of the games um, with, for the under-19 team, and then Luke Hancock is competing for the for the U.S. team in the World University Games. Um, and so, so, and Luke, Luke Hancock also picked up a big honor earlier today, according to Kenny Klein. We'll get, we'll get to that as well. Also, some NBA offseason moves. I've been, I've been meaning to squeeze this in all week. Hopefully we have some time today. Um, obviously, Dwight Howard is the biggest name that's been talked about in recent recent days. But there's some other things as well. Um, a couple of guys signed some contracts. There was a trade that went down yesterday. Uh, so we'll try to squeeze that in. Um, and, and, and another thing, I'm going to make sure I have time for this. One thing I want to make sure that we get to is it seems like there's multiple athletic directors in the Big 12 that are now coming forward to say, hey, it, it's not our fault that, that Louisville didn't get in the conference. And they obviously look foolish at this point. I do want to get to that later because it, it's kind of, and we've talked about it before, it, it's remarkable how that, that day, that late November day in 2011, um, when, when, when we thought it could be one of the worst days for Louisville as they found out that they were not going to get into the to the Big 12 in West Virginia did uh, what looked to be a, a down down time for Louisville Athletics. Just a, you know, didn't didn't leave much optimism going forward as far as the conference future. You knew the program is going to be fine, but conferences is important. Um, but turns out that could have been the best thing that ever happened to Louisville. So I do want to get to that later. Now is your chance to get involved if you'd like. 502-384-1450 is the phone number. That is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. With a free shuttle service and a clean and comfortable customer lounge, the Oxmoor Ford Service Department is located directly next to the Oxmoor Mall. They've got free Wi-Fi, big screen TVs, a big business center in there as well, and of course, the always friendly people who work over there at the Oxmoor Ford Service Department. Once again, located directly next to the Oxmoor Mall and the phone number, 502 384 for 1450 if you want to get involved on today's show you can always text into the show as well on the lotus gunworks text machine 502-414-1450 and twitter as well you can always get involved with us on twitter um, at the cart connect and at 1450 sports buzz is on twitter so check us out on there and uh, i guess the first thing i'm going to get to is um 
the, the the agent situation because like as I mentioned, this whole you know maybe maybe I was late to the party, but I didn't really hear about this whole Charlie Strong sending a firm warning letter to you know to any agents that they had contact information for, telling them to stay away from the program, just back off. And, and honestly, uh, you know Strong's I don't have Strong's comments from Pete Thamel, and that's where I read of this this whole thing happening. It was an article from Pete Thamel over at SportsIllustrated.com. But Strong not only telling them to stay away, but basically saying if you don't stay away, then you, I, will, I will, you know, basically guarantee that you won't represent the, these guys once they become pros and they're able to sign with agents and all that. And a lot of people, I've, I've listened to a few different shows, I've read a few different national writers to get different perspectives on this, and a lot of people seem to think that Charlie Strong really has no has no right to say what he said because um, a lot of people say well, it's a free country. He really can't do anything. You know, he's just trying to flex his muscles, and I get that. Um, but at the same time, I, I think now that we have a little more information, because C.L. Brown of the Courier Journal had an interesting article today um, about this whole thing, and I, I don't think there's any, it, there's nothing. Charlie Strong's not doing anything wrong necessarily, but I don't. I, I'm curious as to how many other coaches would have taken this route to go public to to not only to send out the letter, because when you send out that letter, it's probably not. It's probably not going to hit mainstream media any you know immediately. Eventually, maybe somebody will talk about it. But uh, maybe if an agent comes out and says this, you know, this Charlie Strong guy's trying to, you know, he 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 did this, he did that. But to basically, you know, use Pete Thamel as your your outlet to get that to get it out there that you're telling people to back off. You know, I I don't I I'm concerned not concerned but I'm concerned is not the right word but I, I'm a little. I don't think there's many coaches that would have taken this route because you got to think this doesn't just happen at Louisville. It's the first time it's happened at Louisville probably maybe ever that they've got talented enough players to where agents are really starting to to do anything and everything using desperation moves to try to to get in, to get good ties with these guys. Um, but, it, you know, Alabama, LSU, and Nick Saban at LSU has has come forward and talked about this before, basically calling agents um, – Basically, calling calling agents slime balls and snakes and trying to keep them out and and so you know he's not Charlie Strong's not the first coach to take this route but I'm sure um, if this happened in another program you might not have th- this kind of thing um, and, and I you know I defend Charlie Strong for doing it. I don't think he did anything wrong I don't necessarily know what power he has I mean these kids once they become able to be professionals they can Charlie Strong can't decide you know I'm sure they they respect Charlie Strong and they're gonna listen to what he says. But at the same time, he really doesn't have any say so. Um, but and I think now, after we read the article from CL Brown, and if you have not, check it out over at thecourierjournal.com. Um, and and I, I don't think that it takes anybody with inside sources, anybody that's you know, in, that's connected with the program to figure out who one of the main guys who's probably getting a lot of attention from agents right now, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, the majority of anybody who projects drafts, Mel Kuyper, all those guys that, that project M- NFL draft picks, every one of them projects Teddy Bridgewater to be the first quarterback taken in the draft. Some, I mean, and, and honestly, he could be the overall number one pick. It all depends on which team has that pick. If it's a team that really needs a quarterback, they're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater, or at least that's what we, that's what we know now. Um, and of course, if it's a defensive side of, if it's on the defensive side of the ball, you got to think they're going to go with uh, Clowney from South Carolina. But anyways... It was it was Teddy Bridge. I mean, who knows? We don't know for sure if it was only Bridgewater's family, um, but we know for sure that it was at least one of them because um, his mother, Rose Murphy, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Teddy Bridgewater's mom. There's been a lot of a lot of documentaries on on their whole story. She's a breast cancer survivor. Um, she tries to get up to campus as much as much as she can um, to um, 
to, to watch Teddy play. Um, and and she, I guess CL Brown tracked her down probably last night, I'm assuming. And and if you listen to what is happening with her, I, I think you can kind of, it's almost as if, te- if, if Charlie Strong is kind of defending Teddy Bridgewater's mom. Because um, in the article, and I'll read a quote here, she says, um, it was horrible at first. They were coming out of the woodwork, Murphy tells Brown. I learned who runners are. You had people speaking for them. It was crazy. I was being set up, end quote. And what she's talking about there is in the, 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 one, the one particular story that she shares with C.L. Brown is that she, I guess, a friend of a friend had call, contacted her and said, hey, I'm, my son is a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan. I know he's in town. Could we, could we meet for a picture? Seems innocent, right? I mean, just meet for a picture. Nothing shady about that. Um, so she meets at a restaurant for, for to, to, to meet with a friend of a friend, probably an acquaintance, nobody she knows closely. And when they sit down for, for lunch or whatever it was, um, it, it becomes clear right away that this person is there to basically hand Teddy Bridgewater's mother a portfolio of a professional agent. There was nobody there to take a picture. It was it was a setup, like she says. And that's a little shady, but I'm sure it happens at a lot of places. And Charlie Strong didn't just necessarily, you know, hear about this and go crazy. You know, Rose Murphy, Teddy Bridgewater's mom, said she spoke to Coach Strong. And here's a quote. I spoke to Coach Strong and told and told him he needed to get those people off of me. So he came out with that letter, end quote. Not saying that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's mother is the reason this is all happening, but you know, I'm sure these things happen quite a bit, but Charlie Strong, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he probably didn't like hearing that his top, you know, his, his the best quarterback in the country, his his best player on his team, his leader, um, that his mother, you know, if mama comes um, unhappy about some things, I'm sure Charlie Strong is going to do everything he can to try to make it right. I hear a lot of people just saying that it was it was a foolish move on Ch- on Charlie's part because he looks as if he's trying to flex his muscles and, and use his power and, and and show arrogance when really he doesn't have any power at all. These people can do what they want, and honestly, they can. They can do everything they want. I mean, there's there's nothing. I mean, if you talk to an agent, it's different, I guess. But when you get to the to the to the you know when you get to the point where you're you know talking about you know necessarily getting benefits things like that that's where you're tiptoeing on a line that could eventually end up in you know NCA violations which is obviously something Charlie Strong would want to keep away from his program um, and, and and Rose Murphy I think you know and I say this because I'm honestly I am I'm, I'm ignorant to how this works. I don't know how this works. I was never, uh, I don't know anybody, and I was never contacted by an agent by any means. So I don't know how that process works. But Rose Murphy, um, she attended a meeting with representatives from the NFL Players Association. It was right around the springtime, I think right before Louisville's spring game. And she said the NFL Players Association was helping, basically helping them find out what they need to avoid um, and, and what they need to stay away from. And apparently she, you know, she learned th- through the Players Association, this is something you need to stay away from. And so she contacted Coach Strong and told him what was going on. And, and now we're here talking about this. So I don't think it's a big deal. It didn't turn into a mainstream story necessarily, but there were a lot of people who, who cover football nationally that, that probably know of these things happening all the time. And you probably don't have a lot of coaches that have letters sent out. And, and, he, and actually, it was the compliance office that sent out a mass mailing to agents um, on behalf of Charlie Strong's team, basically just saying, um, and here, here's, here's how C.L. Brown words it. He says, the message was simple yet serious. Stop, contacting, stop contacting UofL players and family members or risk being cut off. And that's the, that, that, the risk being cut off thing is probably where people think, well, you know, who are you to say they're going to be cut off? You can't necessarily do that. Uh, and, and, and they're right. Charlie Strong can't tell an agent to, you know, once these guys become professional athletes and they've, they've taken that, they've no longer have any amateur status left, 
then they, these guys can contact and do whatever the hell they want. But I, I've got to think that if, with Charlie Strong being the father figure type of role model that he is to these guys, that you know they're probably going to listen to him. So I, that that that's my whole take on the thing. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I know a lot of a lot of people seem to think it was you know it was kind of shady to have agents contacting him anyways. There's another side where people think well Charlie should have just left it alone. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the number if you want to get involved on today's show. I want to get to our first break here in just a minute. We'll come back on the other side. Plenty of things we can run down on this Wednesday afternoon, the eve of Fourth of July. As I mentioned in the opening. Rick Pitino found out, or he revealed, who he's going to have introduce him at the Hall of Fame. We'll get to that. Also, um, another thing I want to get to as far as the, the, the athletic directors from the Big 12 that are basically coming out and, and, and doing everything they can to deflect blame for the fact that Louisville did not get into the Big 12, and now they're stuck with West Virginia, who appears to just be, they're going to be staying around that average average status for quite some time. We'll get to that and much more. Make sure you stick with us here inside the press box on 1450 The Sports Buzz. You're gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl But it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter You anyway. are inside the press box Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors To get involved on the show Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line At 502-384-1450 Inside the Press Box, presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Welcome back inside the Press Box here on 1450. The Sports Buzz, Nick Harvey here getting you through the 5 o'clock hour on a Wednesday afternoon, the eve of 4th of July. Hope everybody had a It's a great 4th of July weekend. We'll be, we will be out for the rest of the week here on 1450, at least for the local program. You can always tune in. We'll be, we'll be back on Monday, at, and, and something actually just broke oh, during the commercial break. Not really a breaking story, but something that's definitely worth talking about. C.L. Brown, who's been, on, been all over it today. Um, from the, if you want to check it out, the article, CourierJournal.com is where it's at. But Russ Smith apparently um, had a spill recently. Turns out he... Um, and I had no clue about this, but if you do follow Russ Smith on Instagram, um, you never want to take in, you know, you never want to take what he has online too serious because Russ is just a different kind of guy. He's a he's an interesting character, as he likes to say, he's a mythical creature. But uh, it, I did see a picture earlier that looked like he was in a hospital bed wearing a sling, something like that. And CL Brown noticed it as well, and I guess he reached out to Kenny Klein, the U of L S I D, and Kenny con- Kenny confirmed. Um, that you know, Russ Smith, the, the co-captain of, of of this year's team, the leading scorer from last year's national championship team, he did have a little bit of a spill. He wrecked either a, a bike or a moped, uh, but only had minor scrapes, and he was doing okay. So hopefully, you know, that obviously that doesn't seem too serious. But nobody should ride mopeds. I don't understand why anybody would ever ride a moped. Maybe because it's maybe it's convenient to ride around campus, and you don't want to walk, especially if you just had a Rick Pitino practice that lasted three hours or a workout or something. You, you want to ride a moped, but mopeds are, people always wreck them. You don't look cool when you ride them. Um, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully he's okay. But yeah, it turns out he, I guess he had a little bit of a, of a, of a minor shoulder injury. Um, but that's, that's the one guy who, um, who you want to make sure is healthy. He's going to be a big part of next year's team, but um, turns out he's going to be okay. Bacon, you don't ride mopeds, do you? I know, but when, when I was working over it uh, with the ticket, I lived like, maybe like a half a mile from the station. 
So I very seriously looked into purchasing a moped to take to work each day to save on gas money. And I can only imagine how embarrassing my, my, I would look sitting with my, my folds like falling off the sides of that thing. Where, where I work, um, and, I, and I'm, and I'm you know, the, where my office is at, where, you know, where the, I guess we'll call it the, the Cardinal Connect headquarters. Um, there is this company that, that works across the tree. I'm not going to say who it is, but there's a group of people who ride moped looking like it's a, it's a souped up moped that looks fancier than your average moped. And these, the, this group of people, I'm saying like five or six of them, they all park around the same area. I mean, these are like mopeds that they put some money into. I don't know about they, what they put in the engine, but they're, they're, they got nice paint jobs. They look a little fancy. And you'd think that these guys are like a biker club, but they're riding mopeds. And I really just want to ask them if they're being serious because moped is not a, is not a motorcycle. I know it's a moped is not a rascal or a motorcycle, but when I think mopeds, I almost can't help but picture George Costanza when he was faking the knee injury and he was trying to get away from the group of old guys for bumping into their... <laughs> that's a scooter, <laughs> yes, that's scooter. funny. But that's what I picture me, myself. I, I, I don't want, that's one of the reasons why I talked to myself out of the purchase, I think. It ended up in like a not a biker gang fight, but like a old people, yeah. um, old people, you know, hover around uh, biker gang fight. It was I, I, that's a really good episode, a really good episode. And any any Seinfeld episode is worthy of mentioning on this show. But I do want to switch gears here real quick. And if you want to get involved on today's show, you can do that by giving us a call. 502-384-1450 is the phone number. Um, but Louisville's had a lot of momentum from top to bottom, basketball, football, baseball, a year that we've never seen in college athletics. We've talked about that quite a bit. But the one the one moment that really long term could could be the biggest moment, the biggest the biggest um, not claim to fame, but the you know the, the the biggest of all the championships they've won this year in Big East and national championship in basketball, Sugar Bowl. When it's all said and done, the move to the ACC might be the the, the most critical thing that happened because although your basketball program is still going to have success and whatnot, your football program, um, you know. That was the biggest one. They're going to benefit now from being in the ACC. But, you know, Louisville now has a future in a league that looks to have as, you know, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. From, from ju- The grant of rights deal that went into place basically lets you know that there's not going to be any poaching. There's going to be no teams leaving unless they want to pay a ridiculous amount of money. So Louisville's future looks to be stable when it comes to a conference. I don't think there was ever any question about the programs being stable when it comes to basketball, football, baseball, the other programs as well. But the, they're now stable in a conference, which you hope lasts. You know, I hope whenever I'm 60 years old, and, and who knows, maybe I'll still be sitting here doing this show. Hopefully, Louisville will have been in this ACC for so long, and they'll be not not a you know a, 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 a member that that started the league, but they will have some history and tradition. Because in my 25 years, Louisville's played in you know four different leagues, and that, that's pretty crazy. Considering you know we talked about the big the best memories of the Big East. And it's sad that it's ending, but Louisville was only in it for eight or nine years. So it's not as if they have the tradition um, that some of the other schools have. But there was a time when the only – and, and it, it, it's, it's not mentioned much now, but if you go back to 2011 when all this conference expansion was talking about and everybody was looking for different, different spots that Louisville could potentially land, the ACC wasn't mentioned at all, much at all. It, it, any, really. I mean, there were a lot of people who brought it up because I think – and I, I'm one of them – that said – the ACC would be a perfect fit because basketball-wise, you wouldn't back off that much. You'd, you'd, you'd take a step up in football, but you'd be able to compete. You're not going to the Big 12 where, you know, your first year there, you might have a reality check like West Virginia did. 
but you never heard about it. The, the Big Ten and, and the ACC, you know, any anything you heard from any from you know any outlet that covers those leagues, all they ever talked about was Louisville couldn't cut it academically, so therefore they would never be con- seriously considered as an expansion team. It was always the Big 12. The Big 12 was the league that you knew eventually was going to have to expand, and if they did, Louisville was going to be one of their targets. And we heard about it nonstop, and unfortunately, they decided to go with West Virginia over, over Louisville. Now, if you look at it, that makes it, may, it didn't make a whole lot of sense when it happened. Considering the success that Louisville has had, it, it, they look foolish now for, for making that move. And there's a lot of people that are sitting around kind of thinking, what the hell happened? We had a chance to grab Louisville, who was closer to our schools than West Virginia has has brings in much more you know so much more revenue one of the top revenue producing programs in the country they've got a lot of good things going on when you look at their programs from top to bottom why the hell did we take West Virginia and you know everybody's kind of pointing fingers now there was an article that came out of the the Austin Statesman a few weeks ago and I think I mentioned it on this show the Austin American Statesman uh, they reported that Texas AD, which I, his name escapes me right now, but Texas um, is come out and their athletic director had come out and said that look, we wanted Louisville, it wasn't us. We hope we wish we could have added them. Which since that since that had been made public, since that had went out there, everybody's basically saying, yeah, right, no way, because if Texas would have wanted Louisville, Louisville being the Big Twelve right now, Texas calls the shots in that league. Texas is the big bully. And if you don't believe me, ask Texas A&M and, and, and Nebraska. Why do they? Why do you think they wanted to get out of those leagues? They were tired of being controlled by Texas, and you know I, nobody necessarily believed that. But now you've got Oklahoma, who probably Bacon. You think I'm right on this? Outside of Texas, Oklahoma's probably the second fiddle, right? Yeah, that's a far second, though. But yeah, yeah, it, you're right. It's a far second, but they're probably you know when it comes to football tradition, making the money, they're they're one of the the elite members of that conference. And Co- now they're, they're in football tradition is second, but farther in second place in terms of the money aspect. Of sure, it. sure. And, and Joe Castagnoli, Castagnoli, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. Whatever. Uh, he's their athletic director, and he recently sat down with SoonerScoop.com and talked about Louisville, and he basically. It sounds like you know he's obviously deflecting blame, but it's more realistic to think that Oklahoma didn't want Louisville than Texas. But I think him coming out and saying this is basically, without saying it in so many words, he's basically saying that don't believe what you're hearing from Texas. We wanted him, they didn't. Um, but here's what he said: He said people uh, people can disagree with me. That's okay. I don't think there's any secret how our president David Boren and I felt about the University of Louisville. We are very supportive. We were very supportive then, and even somewhat proactive at trying to build a case or a perspective for them as a member of the Big Twelve. End quote. That's basically him saying, "Look, I don't have to tell you guys. Anybody who knows our 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 side of it, we wanted Louisville. We we were proactively trying to get them at it. And if you go back in time, the only thing you really ever heard about was that Texas didn't want Louisville, and um." I don't know why they came out with that. Probably just to not look foolish because anybody who, who tried to keep them out looks foolish at this point. Um, but some other quotes here from the Oklahoma athletic director. I absolutely did regret it. There was a piece of me that when I that, – that, I, that and I did say it. I understand why others felt the way they felt, but I don't think there's any secret that we wanted Louisville. We have to respect the other – the nine other members in this conference, and while there were other teams that shared our perspective, it didn't get enough traction. And that basically go that 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 sounds like everything we heard in 2011. That nearly every program thought no brainer. Let's add Louisville. West Virginia's they're nice, but you know Louisville makes more sense. And the big bad bully of Texas didn't want to do it. And that's you know that's in a, that's where they are. And it's it, it's 
it's it's not only a, a loss of theirs to add, you know, to 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 not add Louisville, but adding West Virginia gave them absolutely nothing. Their football season, they were six and six regular season, went to a bowl and got blown out. Um, the, their basketball team had one of the worst seasons in school history. Bob Huggins won like nine games this year. I, I'm sure they're going to get it together and eventually they'll be competitive. But you know, and, and and I can't help it as much as we talk about how foolish the Big 12 looks. Let's not forget how you know nobody's complaining here. This is the best thing that ever happened to Louisville that they didn't get invited to this league because you know, and, and things would have been okay. But how much better is it to be in the ACC? How much better is it? Because if you look. I mean, if you take a look at the other sport, I mean, and I, and I'm, I should know this. Forgive me for not knowing this, but there are some sports that Louisville has that the Big Twelve doesn't even offer. I think soccer might be one of them, something like that, um, and maybe field hockey as well. So, if Louisville would have gone to the Big Twelve, basketball, football, um, and I think ba- ba- I'm not even sure about baseball, basketball, football. Um, they'd have been fine, but I think you'd have had the, the, the other sports would have to join Conference USA. I think there's a couple of sports that Kentucky's in, that Kentucky has com- a com- you know competitive team, and they don't they don't offer that in the SEC, so they're in Conference USA. So it, this is the, one of the biggest blessings. I remember the day that I was putting up content at thecardinalconnect.com about this, and you know I remember thinking, gosh, this is terrible. Like, because I'm I was one of the more negative people ever during the commentary alignment because I I know you got to remain positive and control in control and worry about what you can worry about, but at the same time, there was no there was no sugarcoating that the fact that Louisville, if they were left out on the if they were on the outside looking in when all these all the musical chairs of conference shuffling had ended, it was going to be bad for Louisville. I mean, it could it could really hurt them in recruiting football, especially. Um, but now we look back, and it's 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 one of the best things that ever happened to this program. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the phone number. I get to, I'm going to get to a couple of phone calls here real quick. Let's go to Mayor. Welcome inside the press box. Hey, we're all, we're all going to obviously look back on this ACC thing, and and it was the greatest thing that could happen. I mean, we were absolutely dead in the water, and the rumor, and we talked about it all the time was that uh, we had an opportunity, I guess Tom Jurch had an opportunity to make a move earlier, and they wanted to stay with the Big East. Uh, but if you look at it, this, this, could it be possible that West Virginia could be the first school to ever be kicked out of a conference? Because, first of all, of their geography, secondly, of their horrific uh, results this year, they've been absolutely pathetic. Um, and it's just amazing. We were so desperate and negative that if you look, step back a couple of feet and look at it, would you, would you rather be in the Big 12 or the ACC? It's amazing. There is no, there's no comparison. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer, and it's just it's amazing. I remember being in Minneapolis that morning. We heard that we were in the ACC, and I literally I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was just unbelievable um, that we were put in there, and now – the prospect moving forward, I mean, and we've said this many times with with other schools, uh, Kentucky being one, you know, with this SEC kind of arrogance, I mean, it's just kind of silly because the ACC would be a great league for Kentucky to get in to try to compete at football and some of the other sports and and still be a a power in basketball. Um, It's just that arrogance doesn't allow it. But I can't wait for a couple years from now when we're sitting here looking at the prospect of this home schedule and even the away schedule in football let alone the other sports. It's going to be an amazing ride. It's going to be a lot of fun, and thank you for the call, Mayor. You bring up you bring up two really good points that I want to get to before we get to our break. The, the first one is that, yes, you were absolutely correct. Tom Jurich 
was as loyal to the Big East as long as he could. He was going to hold on as long as he could to see if it would somehow work out and Louisville could stay there and not and not jeopardize not jeopardize themselves. Um, basically, not jeopardizing their 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 you know I, I don't know what the right word is. I do this all the time. I, I'm losing. I'm not losing my train of thought, but I can't think of the right word. But they they could stay in the Big East and it wouldn't necessarily they wouldn't suffer at all. But that that wasn't possible anymore. And if you listen to um, the new the new commissioner of the Big East, which is now officially the American, um, if you listen to, to to some of the comments he had earlier this week at their press conference. The Louisville in 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 the I guess what is now the American are on very good terms. Louisville's leaving; they're going to pay their buyout. It's going to be just fine. But Rutgers is not the same. I think, and why is it? Why can I? I cannot think of his name. Um, the new commissioner, um, totally waffing here right now. But anyways, um, he basically just said that you know Louisville's handled it. You know we we, we hate to lose them. Um, and, and Louisville's going to pay their buyout and do everything the right way. But they they held on as long as they could. And I think Tom Church made the call that morning and said, "Look, I I I tried. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to honor our commitment and have to wait. You know, we're going to wait another year before we leave." And you know, that was the end of it. Um, and, and I think that there was no way that the commissioner couldn't you know couldn't just respect that decision. But let's get to one more phone call before we get out of here for our final break of the show. Let's go to James. Welcome inside the press box, James. Hey, uh, I enjoy this topic because this is such a positive thing for Louisville. First of all, I want to say that uh, I think staying in the, the AAC one more year is brilliant because it's the easiest path to a, uh, a, a BCS Bowl game, and we're almost guaranteed a BCS Bowl game this year. Secondly, uh, we're going to own the ACC in a few years. We came in the Big East, a little behind the curve. We learned how to play Big East. Uh, sports and, and the type of competition we had there. And eventually, we basically owned the Big East in almost every sport. And in three or four years from now, we're going to own the ACC. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, talk about Miami, how they were dominant in football. We're, with our location, keeping geographically, and with our facilities, we could be the next Miami in football. No, I, mean, I I completely agree with you. Thank you for the call, James. And you mentioned something that I don't mention enough, and I'm glad you did because I there's something to be said for having the best team in school history possibly and having a schedule that you can easily run through because you're, it's the easiest path to a BCS game. Back-to-back BCS games for Louisville, even if it's not the national championship, will be will, can only help you in recruiting in every other aspect. But as, as, you know, I, I get that there's not a, a good team on the schedule that you're going to want to go see. There's not a lot of games to necessarily get overly excited about. But there's something to be said for having an easy path, especially when you have a team that looks like they're just going to be you know one of the best teams in the country. So... Um, I appreciate the call, uh, James. I think you make some good points, and I don't mention that enough. I'm always knocking the schedule and whatnot. And I get it, um, but you know, uh, and actually, Br- Bacon is is feeding me breaking news right now. We're going to get to that here in just a second, but I do want to get to some texts that just came in um, on on the Lotus Gunworks text machine. One texter without a name says, "Nick, when it's all said and done, 2014 recruiting class with the addition of Trey Lyles." And one of the centers out of Texas will be the best class since Rick's been here. Also, is there any news on defensive tackle Savante Valentine out of Florida? This guy's a game changer. I'm sorry, that's Will from the Ville. I did get a name. And also another text that had come in. Um, if Teddy is saying, I'm focusing on UofL, and his mama is saying, leave me alone, and she's leaning on the coach, why wouldn't they back off? First of all, when he gets to recruiting real quick, <clears throat> 2014 class already is the best. Already is working, looking to be one of the best classes in school history. If they do add a Trey Lyles guy, 
who is the fifth best player in the country, you can close the book. It's, it is the best class in Louisville history. Um, Trey Law, I think if he committed today, he's at Louisville, but there's a lot of things that are going to play out. I think he's going to wait till as long as he can, which why wouldn't you? If you're in his situation, why wouldn't you wait as long as you can? Um, and then also the big guys from center, there's my, um, I think Miles Turner is one of the names. And then also you've got another big guy that we've talked about before. His name I, I'm, I can't remember names today, which is usually – I'm usually very good with names, but I'm, I'm losing track of names today. Um, but it, though the, both those guys are, are – you know, I think Miles Turner is the guy who actually just, just trimmed his list to 25 schools. So obviously there's a lot to play out with his recruiting, but Louisville's got a chance with them. They've got the momentum on their side. They've got a good, a good class together right now, and they're coming off a national championship. So I think right now there's a lot of reason to be optimistic, but I don't think you'll see decisions from those guys anytime soon. The Valentine kid out of Florida, his high school – he's a former commit, which people forget. He committed as a sophomore. Um, his teammate, Michael Johnson, is currently committed to Louisville. So I think Louisville's the favorite, but this is a guy who you are correct, Will, from the Village, a game changer. Guy with offers from all over the country. He will be, you know, you, you add him to this class, the class that's already ranked 11th in the country is only going to climb. And real quick to the other text that had an, did not have a name about Teddy Bridgewater's mom. That's, that, that's kind of what I was getting at in the first segment. If, if you're an agent and you want to potentially represent Teddy Bridgewater, don't look so desperate, bro. You know, I mean, that the one thing to turn a girl off is looking desperate and pathetic. And if you're an agent and mama's telling you to back off and Charlie Strong's telling you to back off, you need to back off if you really want to have a chance at, at, at representing Teddy Bridgewater as a professional. So um, we'll get – thank you all for the text. And once again, if you do want to text in, I'll try to get to as many as I can today. 502-414-1450. And the phone number is 502-384-1450. Bacon could be playing a, a joke on me, but he tells me that Brad Stevens, the Butler coach, has taken the job – with the Boston Celtics. It is no joke. It is official that the Celtics have put out a press release. A uh, press conference is set for Friday at 11 a.m., uh, introducing him and his wife, Tracy, to the Celtic family. He has been hired. Brad Stevens has left Butler and will now be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Well, I know what I'm going to talk about in this final segment. We'll get to that and hopefully squeeze in some other NBA offseason uh, tidbits as well, a lot of offseason free agency stuff going on. We'll get to that and much more. If you, want to, if you want to give us a call, we'll try to squeeze in some phone calls as well. 502-384-1450 is the number. We'll be back. Stick with us here inside the press box on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Inside the Press Box, presented by Dream, J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line at 502-384-1450. You are inside the Press Box. Presented by Dream, J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line at 502-384-1450. Welcome back inside the press box here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Our final segment for the week, actually. I was going to say for, for Wednesday, but it's our final segment of the week here on 1450. Uh, we'll be off the rest of the week. We'll be back on Monday. And we got about five minutes left in the show. And, and breaking news as we close out that last segment, Brad Stevens, 
the Butler Bulldogs head coach has decided to take his talents to the NBA. He's going to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics, which the first thing I think, RIP Butler basketball, um, you'll never see the success that you've saw under Brad Stevens. And I can't make up my mind what I think of it because I've said a lot of times, NBA head coaches are a dime a dozen necessarily. This day and age, there's not many Greg Popoviches left. There's not many, there's not many Phil Jacksons left. It's at this point, the prima donna era where guys don't want to take, you know, the egos, they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to learn anything. They just want you to manage the talent. And if you look, that's why I think Jason Kidd, because okay, look at look at what Brooklyn did and look at what Boston did. Complete opposites. Brooklyn, which I, I think their move, you know, who knows who knows if it's going to work, but I think it, it could because Look at Mark Jackson, a guy with the Golden State Warriors. Former player had never coached a basketball game in his life. And now he's a successful head coach in the NBA with a team that has not had much success. I think Jason Kidd has a chance to do that because you need to be able to lead. You need to be able to – Jason Kidd, one of the best point guards ever play the game. So he obviously has leadership skills. Um, But if you look – but if you look at it, 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 you know, around the NBA now, everybody just hires the coach that was fired, and, and it's 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 a it's a carousel. But this is a bold move from Danny Ainge, and I'll have the quote here. He says, "Brad and I share a lot of the same values. Uh, though he is young, I see Brad as a great leader who leads with impeccable character and a strong work ethic. His teams always play hard and execute on both ends of the court. Brad is a coach who has already enjoyed lots of success, and I look forward to working with him towards banner number 18." End quote. That's a big move for Brad Stevens. Um, a lot of people, it's kind of kind of bizarre because uh, Patino and Brad Stevens are reportedly, I don't know for sure, but every, anybody who's seen them together at AAE tournaments, things like they're very chummy. They're very good friends. And he's basically doing what Rick Patino did. Of course, Patino left a team that had just won the championship uh, the, year, the year prior, um, was building a, a, a dynasty at Kentucky, Stevens. Um, built a built a, when it comes to mid majors, you'll never see and and mid majors are still still they still exist, but you'll never see a team like Butler with the, the talent they have and the as small of a school it is. You'll never see those team like that go back to back in in a championship game again ever ever. And I remember I mean, each time Butler cruised through, they always were ranked and talked about to be the sleeper potential Cinderella. They made it to the championship game two years in a row. And yes, there's two guys that were on those teams that are now in the NBA, Shelvin Mack and Gordon Hayward. But I don't care how you want to slice it. Look at the other teams that they ran through who probably have much more talent in the NBA. Brad Stevens is a hell of a basketball coach, a hell of a teacher, a hell of a leader. But And I, and I think now maybe we're seeing, you know, I can't help but, but but think back to Terrence Williams getting cut, trying to get rid of Rondo. Can you see Rajon Rondo playing for Brad Stevens? Honestly, can you see that working out at all? Because I certainly can't. I think we know now why they had to get rid of KG and Pierce. They couldn't have guys on the team that were older than their head coach. Couldn't have that, and they could not have. I mean, Terrence Williams. I don't. I don't know how he'd fit there. But this is a. You want to build young here because Stevens. You, you have to command respect, and I think not to say that he's a guy that they won't just respect. But you. I mean, it has to mean something, and you know they're going to start young. They're going to start fresh, and 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 don't be surprised. You know, I don't. I don't know if this year you'll see anything happen as far as. Playoffs for uh, for concern because if you look at that roster for Boston now, good God! But he can coach him up. If there's one guy that can coach him up, it's Brad Stevens, who's who. Uh, I can't think of another coach who, in his time as a, as a head coach, got more with less. And if everybody wants to throw Shelvin Mack, Gordon Hayward, you know some of the other players they had that were respectable pros, 
you know, I'm not buying it. These, he, he took a team that would lose five or six games in the Horizon League. You know who plays in the Horizon League? Val, Valparaiso, Wright State, University of Illinois, Chicago. I mean, the, 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 he, he took a team that when it was ready, he found the motivation. He put together game plans. He's a brilliant basketball mind. I always thought when Krzyzewski hung it up, that's where Brad Stevens was going to end up. And unfortunately, he took a job that, honestly, I can't imagine many coaches would turn an opportunity down to coach at, for a franchise like the Boston Celtics. So there you have it. We are out of time. A lot of breaking stuff happened today. Big show. Big, I didn't expect much because it's the last show of the week. But thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Hope you all have a great holiday weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another edition of Inside the Press Box, presented to you by Dream J.P. Pertle Realtors. <laughs>